there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net Minor League Baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Holy smokes, what a fun episode. I, I start I start this show off every single time by saying that I am SportsLogos.net Minor League Baseball correspondent Paul Caputo. Well, guess what? Here is the the founder and principal of SportsLogos.net, Chris Creamer. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Paul, and uh, what an honor to have you introduce yourself in that manner every single episode. It's I, I you know, I, I love it so much. It's I, you know, I tell people all the time that you gave me my break, and we talked about this on episode one of this podcast. And I should point out before we get too far in, because it's just so easy to just start talking about whatever, right? This is episode fifty, and so I'm having you back. You were you were my guest on episode one as the. The guy who gave me my break and who is the the owner, the founder of the website that has meant so much to Sports Logos fans all these years, 25 years, a quarter century of, of SportsLogos.net. It's incredible. So thanks for all that you do for Sports Logos fans, and thanks for everything you've done for me. I have had such a kick writing for your website and, and learning about minor league baseball logos and this industry. Well, thanks so much, Paul. And I got to say, congratulations on 50 episodes. Uh, I do like that. What What's the term for once every 50? I don't know. Some sort of Latin term. Is it sesquicentennial? What's that? That's uh, that's one. In, is that everyone? That, one that might 50? be 150 because that's the park service is do, about to do their sesquicentennial. <laughs> so I don't know. We oh. got to look. Uh, we'll, we'll look that up. We'll drop it in after. We'll we'll fix it in post and pretend like we both knew all along. What I'm getting to is that I got to do episode 100 now. Yes. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. And the only other episode that I have lined up is that Todd Radom and I are going to talk about typographic ligatures in episode 58. So that's that's something that we've had lined up for a little while so, since episode two. Todd was my guest on episode two. So it's a very niche audience, the typographic. It's definitely that. <laughs> it's definitely that. Well, that's a, a, a really fun thing that I've discovered about this podcast. And I'm sure that you've discovered as, you know, the the founder and host of sportslogos.net is that there is this passion out there for for branding for sports branding right so it's been you know so much fun for for me to be a part of that but i'll just ask you it's been almost a year i've done a, a, an episode a week since uh, december of last year so i'll just ask you what's been the what's been the biggest story in the in the sports logos world for the last year i think it's got to be like over the history of time right we have to look at this let's you know, zoom 25, 50 years into the future and look back at 2022. And what's everyone going to be talking about in terms of what has changed in the sports branding world? And ultimately, it's going to be the shift away from Native American mascots, names mm. and logos, right? It's easy to forget that that happened this year. Yeah. But uh, this is the first year of the Washington Commanders. This is the first year of the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, the Guardians on a bit of a run this year. Maybe, uh, maybe there is something to that uh, curse of the Wahoo. I don't know. At the time of this recording, uh, we are we are just we are approaching Game Five of the Guardians and Yankees in the ALDS. By the time this drops, we'll know everything that happened. We'll know what happened to my Phillies. I'm a nervous wreck. I've been a nervous wreck for like two weeks and continue to be. You know, the Phillies are about to face the Padres. So anyway, I interrupted you there, but we'll <laughs> we'll know whether the curse of the Wahoo is has been fully rectified. I think regardless of what the Guardians do from this yeah. point out, you have to be satisfied with what they Absolutely. did this season, right? And, you know, the yeah. White Sox are supposed to run away with the division. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And where the Guardians are now one win away from the ALCS. And, you know, 
again, by the time this comes out, maybe they're in the World Series. Maybe they're uh, beating up your Phillies, going to Game 7. Who knows? Ooh, that would be a thing. If, if my Phillies and the Guardians are in Game 7 of the World Series, I'm probably dead by now. Like, I'm probably just don't even bother <laughs> calling me, right? Because it's like the, the Braves series, I mean, the Cardinal series and then the Braves series practically ended me. And so, yeah, this is... Uh, I, I spend the whole year rooting for my team to make the playoffs and then they do. And then I'm too nervous to watch. Right. Like it's <laughs> that's being a baseball fan. And I'll, oh I'll tell you as like three weeks ago, uh, we were, I'm part of a blue Jay season ticket group. So we were doing a draw for uh blue Jays postseason tickets mm-hmm. and nobody wanted to take game seven of the world series because oh. there's, there's no way that the Jays will host game seven of the right. world. Series. And I said, <laughs> I piped up, I go, well, actually if they play the Padres or Phillies, They'll mm-hmm. get game seven and everyone laughed. Yeah. <laughs> and now look, Padres Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, my brother actually went to both home games uh, for the Phillies Brave series this past weekend. And then last night at the time of this recording was in Philadelphia for the Cowboys Eagles game. So he basically is not going to get his voice back for a month. I think at this point, <laughs> get it back. there's more Phillies playoff games to go to. Uh, totally. So the point that you make, though, I mean, it's a really good yeah. point. I don't want to get away from this. The The shift away from Native American-based branding is is a really important one. And, you know, to see it with with two major teams, a few more teams yet to go. And the, you know, the, the Phillies obviously played the Braves. I have to say the Phillies were mocking, the Phillies fans were mocking the Tomahawk chop. And even that, I was just like, please stop, please stop, please stop. I mean, that like even even sarcastically, I was just like, please don't do the chop. That story, and you know, I wrote once I covered the Spokane Indians for sportslogos.net. And that was such a great example of a team working with their community to to really approach that branding in in an appropriate way and to for their logo to be based on a feather that was drawn by a community member and for them to have like educational materials around the stadium, you know, to commemorate the the local tribe of Indians. It's like it can be done. It can be done respectfully, but the Spokane Indians are the only team I I know that have actually done it <laughs> respectfully. I don't know if there's another one out there. It's remarkable that these teams weren't following the Spokane Indians model, right? right. Like, like the Cleveland could have reached out to Spokane and mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. Hey, how can we do this? And like, you guys have clearly done it the right way, right? Yeah. Like yeah. They, they reached out to the local tribes and they had them design things. And they even made a uniform and a logo in the local tribal language i I can't remember which one it was it's in the hall of fame it says uh spokane in the salish language and it's in the hall of fame for being the first written native language on a professional sports uniform in the united states like how perfect was that and that seems like a a fairly easy thing you know just just go out and do like try to make a show they always say it's it's uh you know we're doing this to honor the the local communities and all that but they don't ever really seem to make an effort to actually prove that that's what they're doing right right and, but Spokane, you know, they they did it. They went out and they did it. They did it. And I think the educational materials that they have around the ballpark are so important, right? To be like, here's the people who have lived on this land forever. And here's how we're honoring them as a team by actually working with them. And so, yeah, I love that story. I actually really love that story. Well, so speaking of uniforms, Major League Baseball has is doing the uh, the City Connect this year and I guess last year. When did that start? When did City Connect start? That was uh, 2021, last season. Okay, so last season they started the City Connect. It's a it's been a little bit hit or miss. I think some of them I think are are really good. I love 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 the Marlins one. I love the Diamondbacks, the Serpientes that they're doing there. The the San Diego Padres like Trident wrapper one. I don't really love love that one. But the I mean the the thing about the City Connect branding, I think 
is obviously the NBA has done sort of a, a similar thing. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, Major League Baseball is more involved with minor league baseball now. They're taking a page out of minor league baseball's playbook here by saying we're going to just introduce entirely separate brands for this team, partially to sell merchandise, maybe to sell merchandise, but also to generate like a certain amount of, of buzz, I guess. What do you think is the relationship there between the City Connect program and minor league baseball, if any? Honestly, I don't think there is. Okay. Um and I know as a minor league baseball reporter, <laughs> that's not the best news. Uh, but I, based off of my own personal feelings, I think this is more of a Nike-led thing. I think they they saw the success of this in the NBA and said, hey, how can we do this in Major League Baseball? Uh, because uh, I have a feeling the NFL isn't going to say yes to something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's a lot more you can do with a baseball uniform yeah. uh, than you can do with a football uniform, right? Especially mm-hmm. with the alternate helmets, and there's only 17 or 18 games a year. So, uh, yeah, I think this was Nike-led, and my thoughts on it are, well, like, you gave some good examples. Uh, I think Miami is probably one of the best ones. I do like the White Sox one as well, the black with the reverse pinstripes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, But I, you know, I really prefer a a uniform feel like it's actually part of the team's identity. And I, I know this is, they're kind of trying to go away from this, but you need to feel some sort of some sort of unity <laughs> with mm-hmm, the brand, mm-hmm. right? Um, you need to be able to look at a game and know that that player plays for that team. Yeah. Uh, so a team like, well, let's say the Boston Red Sox, right? I think that's the most obvious example where they're right. wearing a uniform that features, uh, you know, doesn't feature the same typeface in any way, doesn't feature the same colors in any way. It could literally be like a generic team from right. Boston. There's right. no connection to the Red Sox whatsoever. And even the ball cap looks more like UCLA than it does the Red Sox. <laughs> Um, that to me is a bit of a miss. It, you know, it's got a good story, a nice story, but it yeah. doesn't feel like a Red Sox uniform. Whereas uh, a team like uh, the White Sox, a team like the Cubs, even though I think the Wrigleyville thing is a little gimmicky, yeah. uh, that feels like a White Sox or a Cubs uniform. Uh, another one, you mentioned Arizona. When that first one, when that one first came out, you know, I had the pleasure of talking to uh, Derek Hall, president of the Diamondbacks. And uh, I said to him during that interview, I was like, look, like, I love this. Like, I feel like this could be like, maybe the team should be called this instead of the diamondbacks. Right. It's it's such a unique name. And, and I don't know how the locals feel about it, but uh, you know, at least the, uh, the Jersey, I'm not sure about wearing the matching color pants, but uh, (laughs) that yellow Jersey with the serpientes across the front and that the logo where the, uh, the snake is in a triangle on the sleeve. I I just love that whole thing. Um, I I feel like that's, you know, maybe something the the diamondbacks could do full time. Um, and, and, you know, maybe ultimately that's what we see from some of these City Connect uniforms. It, it gives a team an opportunity to say, hey, you know, let's try something off the wall, try something crazy. Let's see what sticks, right? Let's, right. let's throw a whole right. new recipe against the wall. And, and you get something like an Arizona where, hey, this looks pretty good. We kind of like it. Uh, but on the other hand, you get something like a San Diego where, it, you know, it, it is fun. It's very Southern California. Yeah. But, you know, the Padres already have such a unique look that uh, maybe they don't need to go this <laughs> unique yeah. in another direction. Another one that we haven't talked about is the the Rockies, yeah. which essentially looks like the license plate. I actually saw a game in Colorado this year where the Rockies were playing in their, their license plate City Connect uniforms. And I, I mean, I don't want to second guess professional designers. And I feel like, you know, old man yells at cloud here. 
but they're just terrible. They're just uniquely terrible, these these Rockies uniforms. And they've got these awesome sort of visual signifiers all over Colorado that they could be basing these uniforms off of. They've got these like super fun, like welcome to Colorado. Every highway that enters the state, you've got these awesome like welcome to Colorado signs, welcome, you know, colorful Colorado. There's all these like, so that one just feels like a total whiff to me, right? Like it does though, it sort of raises the the question of like the teams that have not yet unveiled, like mm-hmm. what are they going to do? Your Blue Jays have not yet unveiled a City Connect. My Phillies have not unveiled a City Connect. I'm deathly afraid they're going to do a Liberty Bell for the Phillies, but who knows? Maybe they'll do something with Rocky, right? What do you want them to do? What do you, what do you envision for like a Blue Jays City Connect? Here's what I've learned about the City Connect program so far. I never get what I expect. Okay. Yeah, so uh, like with uh, the Rockies, okay it's going to be the colorado state flag right right with, right, right. But we're never getting what we're expect. like whatever's obvious they're kind of yeah. going away from that so with the phillies i like the idea of rocky right like so uh-huh. liberty bell that seems obvious right. uh you know, anything right. patriotic usa independence hall anything like that right, right. that seems like okay obviously they're going to do that which makes me feel well obviously they're not going to do right. that at this point uh, with the Blue Jays, it's well, obviously, they're going to do something Canada related. It's going to be, you know, a Maple Leaf Love Fest, right. uh, or at the very least, it's going to be like uh, Drake related or the Six. <laughs> uh, but I, I have no idea what they're going to do. And you're asking, what do I want them to do? I yep. want them to just look like the Blue Jays. That's all I care about. <laughs> Incorporate the font, the colors somehow in there. Don't, oh man, they're going to go black and gold or something. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right, right, right. Almost uh, like, like a color rush, like the NFL does the color rush uniforms. Like I would rather see the city connect uniforms, you know, look more like the, the color rush uniforms, just like the brands, but more so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, again, with the color rush, you at least know what teams are playing. Cause right. in the NFL has great rules about that, where you can't do anything in your alternate uniform or any other uniform that isn't currently part of the team's color scheme. Yeah. You, you just can't go completely off the wall. You, you right. need to at least make this look like a team uniform. Yeah. Uh, or a throwback uniform, right? So, mm-hmm. is you know, a lot of people say the NFL is not fun, and to an extent, they're right. But I think on this issue, uh, they, they got that nailed down. Yeah. Speaking of of just draping uniforms in the Canadian flag, uh, mm-hmm. I got to see my third professional baseball game in Canada this past summer. I was with my girlfriend, Amy. We were in Vancouver, and we saw a Vancouver Canadians game. Nice. Uh, and earlier in the day, we went to Bowen Island and we sat there like on a deck overlooking the, the Salish Sea and and uh, having some poutine and drinking some really good beer. And so I was I was enjoying I was enjoying your home country very much. I realized I was way over. I was thousands of miles away yeah. from where you are, but it was uh, I was I was thinking of you while I was there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I've never been to Vancouver myself, but that's that's my list uh, on my list of places to go. And I thanks for acknowledging that it's thousands of miles away because. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I, I talk to, uh, you know, Americans and they say, oh, hey, you know, uh, I, I was in Edmonton once or I was in, like, you know, that's that's like right. me saying to someone from New York. Hey, yeah, no, I was in uh, Denver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I hope you waved, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been but, to games in uh, I went to one Montreal Expos game and I went to a Quebec Capital game. Oh, I have. I have never been to a, a Blue Jays game, though. It's one of my major league ballparks. that I, I know. I know. I need to get there. We need to go. Yeah, have a helmet Sunday together. I have a helmet Sunday. Do a live edition of the podcast. Maybe I can't wait. Uh, 
absolutely. <laughs> I've got a little recorder plugged into my phone. I'll bring it with me. We'll we'll record an interview at a Blue Jays game. We're gonna oh, make this happen. We we oh, absolutely. We had a near miss. We almost met at a Buffalo Bisons game. And, yeah, uh, it was one day off. I was in Buffalo the day before or something. Oh, man, would have been great. Would have been great. Are the Rockies Phillies coming to town next year? Let's. I'm going to check it out. They Every team's playing every team next year. So oh, yeah. one of them's bound to be in Toronto. I just might need to just make it a point to get to Toronto. So you're going to get to see the new Roger Center uh, renovations they're doing this offseason. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. It's, yeah, it's, you know, I've been to, I think, 21 of the current stadiums. And so definitely want to. You got to do it. It's one of the oldest ballparks in baseball now. Got to check it out. Isn't that amazing? Like how. Blows young a stadium can be and still be one of the oldest in the, in the baseball. Is it young? It's it's this is its thirty third, thirty fourth year now. I mean, <laughs> for a huge building like a baseball stadium, it just doesn't feel that that old to say right, that right, it's right. you know the the Rockies ballpark. I think is the third oldest in the National League after the Cubs and the Dodgers. Like I mean, that's, it's, to me, Coors Field is still a new stadium. Yeah, absolutely right. Nineteen ninety five, three. Nineteen ninety three. No, ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah. yeah, two years yeah. a mile high, right? Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Speaking of alternate uniforms, we were talking about the city connect program. Mm -hmm. I love minor league baseball. As you know, I love the Marvel comic universe. I do not love, I know you're laughing already. I do not love (laughs) the, the Marvel minor league baseball crossover logos. And I don't know, I can't exactly put my finger on why like what it is about combining these two things that i like that that has created something where i just sort of sort of shrug at it and maybe it's maybe it's because they take themselves too seriously i don't know it's uh, but i can't uh you've been obviously covering you know those those releases as they've been happening so what's your what's your your thought on the the feedback that the the marvel minor league baseball crossover has been getting not good paul not good <laughs> <laughs> uh the they took a shot and yeah. it's one of those things where on paper, it sounds like a good idea. You know, for how many years has minor league baseball been putting out alternate identities, putting out uh, themed uniforms and it seemed only natural. Hey, we've been doing this sort of unofficially for years. Let's actually do it for real. Let's reach out to the studio who who makes these characters and let's actually make something. Yeah. And I, it, it didn't hit. It's something like you say, something's just not quite right. And uh, when I was first, uh, brought the, this idea and I was like, okay, this sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. And then I saw the designs and I thought, okay, something, something missed here. And, you know, I, you said I've been covering them. I stopped covering after day two. Yeah. And I, I know that's, you know, that's, that's bad as a logo, logo <laughs> reporter, but I, I just couldn't get excited for it anymore. Yeah. And the audience sadly did not like them either. They, they almost wanted me to stop reporting on it. Yeah. There's just so many of them so yeah. quick and so many of them just weren't hitting it. Uh, I, you know, I tried to find a couple of positives on yeah. day one. I thought Somerset looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. I thought Buffalo was, you know, there's some potential for the Bisons there as well. Yeah. But after that, it, it was a lot of just uh, cookie cutter. Let's yeah. take the team's mascot, put them in a superhero pose, throw a cape on them and call it a day. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have been great, you know, working with Marvel if, maybe these teams incorporated some of Marvel's characters into their designs. And, you know, maybe there's an Iron Man uh, version of a team's logo. Right. Uh, yeah. And that is Marvel, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, he, Iron Man is Marvel. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think that's where they could have gone and maybe yeah. they should have gone and, you know, maybe Marvel didn't want to do that. Maybe the teams didn't want to do that. But uh, when you say Marvel is designing your logo, you kind of expect it to look like Marvel's designing your logo. 
I had high hopes, right? And it's yeah, and there are some programs that minor league baseball does where you you expect them to sort of fall flat. I thought the Copa de la Diversión program was gonna fall flat, mm-hmm. and it is awesome. Like they just roll out just great. I mean, talk about brands that could replace you know yeah. the permanent brand. There are absolutely. so many Copa brands out there that that could absolutely be and i would never see i would never want to see the albuquerque isotopes go away but their mariachis brand is awesome right like and so there's there's so many so it was just such an unusual thing to see minor league baseball kind of you know swing and miss on this um there's a lot of baseball metaphors on this podcast you may have uh, <laughs> you may have caught that as you just have a list next year <laughs> i do yeah i just had to check one off each episode but it's you know I, the the concern obviously is that this came right after the Major League Baseball's Vogon Destructor Fleet hostile takeover of minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. And so the the question that I think a lot of minor league baseball fans, and I hang out on Twitter with a lot of like the most positive people you'll ever find on Twitter, right? Like, I mean, some of these people are just just absolutely just the, you know, golden hardest. I don't know. That's probably not a phrase. The goldenest <laughs> hearted. I don't know. The, some of the kindest, most positive people you'll ever meet on Twitter who just were just sort of shrugging at the at the Marvel thing. The concern is, obviously, this all happened right after the Major League Baseball takeover. Mm-hmm. Is there concern in your mind that so much of what minor league baseball has been doing well may be interfered with by Major League Baseball's takeover? Well, I guess that depends. If Major League Baseball had their hands in this and they <laughs> didn't have their hands in Copa, yeah. then I'm kind of scared, right? Yeah. Like if this is what... The future is. Um, I, I, I don't feel like this is Major League Baseball as much as it is hiring a non-sports design company to design for sports and expecting it to work well. Um, so you know, maybe the next edition that comes out next year, whenever you know the next Minor League Baseball Universal redesign program happens, if yeah. we see the same thing again, okay, maybe I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Right. Uh, I, I. I'm confident that this is just like, okay, we reached out to Marvel. Marvel doesn't design for sports and we're seeing the result of that. Uh, but you bring out the Copa was just amazing. Yeah. You're talking about that earlier. Whoever designed Copa, yeah, <laughs> put them in charge of whatever next minor league baseball is yeah. doing. Just yeah. Yeah, every single one of those was, as you said, hit it out of the park, a grand slam uh, <laughs> hit for the cycle. I don't have my list here. <laughs> they gave it 110%, uh, took it one logo at a time. <laughs> Uh, yeah they and and a lot of those were created by different people i know that ryan foos uh fooser design i know that he did a bunch of them this brings up uh, one of the things that that i have enjoyed so much about this podcast is getting to talk to designers right like getting to 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 know them and the work they do and their process and just to talk to them about you know sort of a brand at a time we mentioned todd radom such a good guy you're Co-author Todd Radom, I held this up earlier. We were bantering before, but the fabric of the game is uh, the book that you uh, and Todd wrote about uh, about hockey uniforms. This is an absolute pr- pleasure for anyone who is involved in or, or enjoys sports branding. And it came with my signed Chris Creamer baseball card here. So it's uh, hockey you know, card. This, this one sits here. I'm sorry. Oh, it's a hockey card. It's a hockey. It's kind of like a baseball cap, regardless of the logo on it. Is is a baseball cap. So. Yep. But I guess that's a that's a hockey card. But so so Todd Radom, obviously Dan Simon, who created the logo for my podcast. I hope in the Creamer Awards at the end of the year, you have a 
a podcast category because I think baseball by design and Dan Simon's logo that he created for it might take it this year. Obviously, Jason Klein with Brandios. I've gotten to talk with, you know, a bunch of people who, you know, I've really enjoyed getting to know them and and their work. You cover sports as your your full-time gig, right? Like this is something you do all day, every day. Who are the people who who you talk to who, you know, you really enjoy hearing from, who have, you know, sort of special insight into into your world? Well, it's such a tight community, right? It's, it's very small. And what I've always loved about the logo design community once I've uh, gotten myself into it, not as a designer, but as a, mm-hmm. as a reporter on it, uh, is that everyone seems to actually genuinely like each other. And they, right. they, they, they don't really, I mean, I'm sure they're competing with each other, but they don't treat each other as competitors. They treat each other as friends mm-hmm. who are all working together Mm-hmm. Uh, on similar jobs and uh, some of the people I talked to I mean you mentioned Todd obviously I talked to him a lot uh, he and I uh, went to a, a Jays game uh, up at uh, Rogers Center I was so summer. jealous I was so jealous we, I so I, wanted to be there I rented out a suite and everything uh. I even though I couldn't afford it I did it anyway uh. and we had um, speaking of designers we had uh, Richard Walker who is a bit of an unknown legend in Canadian sports design as he designed the logos for the Toronto Blue Jays uh, the original 1977 logo, as well as like Hockey Canada, Canada Soccer, the Tim Hortons uh, logo, awesome. working with little bats and all that. So uh, just having the three of us in that uh, suite talking to each other all night was was uh, quite an experience. Uh, but uh, getting to talk to like, you know, uh, Jason, the guys from Brandios, I, I spent an afternoon at their studio in San Diego uh, just before COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, uh, talking to uh, Brian Gundell, I, I speak to him a lot. I, uh, a lot of the guys at Adidas I talk to. Yeah. Uh, Dan Simon, the guys at Fan Brands. There's there's so many of them uh, that, and all every single one of them is very nice. And yeah. it's just been a dream to to talk to some of these guys. And uh, as a fan of logos, right? Like some of these guys, I I grew up doodling their logos, right? Yeah. Just as a kid, and now I'm speaking with them and getting right. some of the stories behind uh, uh, their designs and. It, it's just been uh, surreal being able to talk to these people and every single one of them has been an absolute joy to talk to and couldn't have been any nicer. They're so accessible. And, and I mean, Dan Simon came to a baseball game with us during baseball Palooza, right? Like that was nice. incredible. You know, he came and had a beer and and played our dollar game with us. And that was, that was great. Right. Like, and I got to talk with your friends from torch creative, Brad and torch. Mike. I didn't mention torch. <laughs> they designed and my logo and everything. Oh, they, they came up Well, I was going to bring them up regardless. They, okay. you know, we talked about that on, on the episode uh, about the uh, Midland rock hounds, mm-hmm. you know, Brad and Mike came on and talked about that very well-received rebrand that they did for that team. I mean, their, their new Rocky, the rock hound was, was absolutely great. So speaking of major league baseball, and logos the next year's all-star game logo in seattle was really super well received like more than most i think more than most all-star game logos this one really got a lot of positive attention out there i think people really like the seattle brand with apologies to your blue jays i think people really really like the mariners brand and it might be one of the reasons apart from the fact that they haven't won in 20 years that people really sort of took to that team as they started having success the last couple of years how much do you think those like pleasing colors, the teal and the the northwest green and the the navy that they use, right? Like how much does a brand do you think affect sort of the national perception of of a team? That might be a goofy question to ask you, but well, it's a, it's a good question and one which requires a little bit of thought. Uh, I think 
you know, a, a pleasing logo and color scheme certainly helps, right? Like um, Seattle is a great example. They have a color scheme that not many teams have, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in Major League Baseball, Navy Blue, Northwest Green, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, the Silver. Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that, you know, they, they come from a city, you know, Seattle, which is far away from any other Major League Baseball team. They don't win every single season. They're not mm -hmm. like a New York Yankees where either you love them or you hate them, mm -hmm. uh, despite mm -hmm. the fact that they have uh, amazing uniforms. Um, yeah, I, I think it does help, but there's other factors in there, right? Like uh, the San Diego Padres, I, I don't think anybody really cared about them when they wore those Los Angeles Dodger clone uniforms a few yeah. years ago. But yeah. now they go to the swing and fryer brown and gold, and suddenly everybody loves the San Diego Padres outside of uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I, I do think that uh, branding does make a difference, maybe subconsciously. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers, another good example, right? Like when they yeah. were uh, uh, when they were the, with the barley and the blue and the gold, you know, not a lot of love, but now they go back to, uh, the, the baseball glove logo. And suddenly, uh, at least speaking for myself, uh, I'm suddenly much more of a fan of the team. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, I, I get so stuck in the logo world that sometimes I forget that, uh, maybe 90% of the world doesn't care quite so much about it as much as I do. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, it, you know, I, I, it's gotta have a factor on that. Yeah, I found myself like during the the Mariners Astros game, you know, that that 16 inning affair that or 18, 18 innings yeah, uh, right. that the Astros won one to nothing. Every time they panned the crowd and I was just sort of like, I wish I was a bigger Mariners fan so that I could like get more Mariners stuff just because I like the sort of look of the thing. The Dodgers are another team like that for me where it's like I couldn't give two dams about the Dodgers, but I kind of like their branding, right? Like, yeah, the yeah. you know, really so classic. Is there a team? besides the blue jays whose brand you would wear just because you like the brand not because you have any sort of affinity for the team oh absolutely and i i mentioned some of them in what i just said uh yeah. i i do have milwaukee brewer stuff i have padre stuff mm -hmm. uh and it's purely because i like the logo and the uniforms like and the color scheme it's, it's something unique and honestly i i can't hate the padres or the brewers maybe one day i can you yeah. know <laughs> give right. me a reason to um, I used to think the same thing about the Texas Rangers. How could anyone hate the Texas Rangers? Now, <laughs> now I hate the Texas Rangers, Paul. This is pretty. Uh, <laughs> but absolutely, absolutely, I would wear like uh, I. I remember buying a Florida Marlins jersey like 20 years ago when they were wearing the teal, right? Just because yeah. I thought it was uh, such a unique color scheme and uniform. And and these are the teams that I can walk around town and no one's going to give me a hard time for right. uh, for wearing that team just right. simply because there's no rivalry here. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what? I have sort of the opposite feeling about the Phillies, who I obviously love, diehard fan of the Phillies. They, you know, my heart was broken in 1993. We haven't mentioned Joe Carter yet on this episode. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like the Phillies brand is one that, you know, while I love the team, I don't actually super love the actual brand of the team like the sort of round I, I learned once that the name of the font is i called the team to ask this question the name of the font is script worst like a like a script sausage like script worst worst with a u and you know the the red pinstripes i like but they're like a little too thin and they kind of make the uniforms look a little pink from far away and um so i don't like i don't love the sort of like round script uh, i wish they would put philadelphia on their away jerseys instead of phillies I love the old maroon. I love the old powder blue, but the Phillies are an example of a team where like, yeah, that team, that team has my heart, but the actual like brand itself, I could, you know, kind of take or leave. Now, would you eat the Philadelphia Phillies typeface? It looks, 
with a name like that, maybe it's suddenly delicious. Put a little ketchup on it. It looks like the um the red hots that you would get in Maine, there like those go. those little like uh, yeah, super little duper. Sticks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna add. Well, the Phillies. Uh, it, it's weird that that happens now, and and design is cyclical. But yeah. when that first came out, right, the maroon was considered old and dated, and mm-hmm. going to that. Uh, the red with the pinstripes was seen as like a big win for the Phillies and gave their identity some legitimacy. And the fact that they suddenly turned it around and, you know, the, the Darren Dalton, John Cruck days uh, winning the the pennant in 93 uh, when the new uniforms came out, that really, uh, I I thought at that point it was going to be the Phillies forever look, right. Right. It was going going back to a a uniform from basically from the fifties that they brought back. That was the, the trend in the early nineties was to look to the fifties, look to the sixties. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, maybe this isn't every 30, 40 years thing, but now the trend is let's go back to the nineties. Let's go yeah. back to the early two thousands. Um, but so when the Phillies did switch in 92 from the maroon to the red, how did you feel at the time? I, to me, it felt like a throwback, right? Like it actually did feel like a return to sort of a classic look and the hues, like these sort of like primary hues, mm-hmm. right? Like, even then felt like a little almost like jingoistic. I don't know how to describe it, right? Like there was nothing sort of there were to me, there was nothing like unique about it. There was nothing, I don't know, the maroon and the powder blue just felt like so uniquely Phillies to me. And, you know, and then that was the team, you know, that was the uniform that we associated with our only World Series, right? Like in 1980. Yeah. And then obviously we had success in the early 80s, went back to the World Series in 83. And then, and maybe the weird thing, like after that, like that 93 team was like so much fun and it was, they, they did so well. And then they were so bad right away. And the reputation of that team with like Lenny Dykstra and all the, 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 you know, the, the steroid rumors around that team and, and Kurt Schilling turning out to be such a knob and like, like my, my affinity for that 1993 team, with the exception of a few guys, you know, Mickey Morandini and Darren Dalton. And, you know, it's like, it's that like success that they had sort of early on in that uniform wore off pretty quickly, especially because they were just terrible again, right away after, yeah. <laughs> after 1993 until 2000, you know, six, 2007, maybe with the Jimmy Rollins era. It's funny. And it was, and it, it actually took that like Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Cole Hamill's team, Shane Victorino, of course, to win in that, that brand to make me, really love it right like to make me be like okay i can i'm gonna wear this around but there's a reason i think you see a lot of phillies fans wearing the powder blue wearing the maroon your toronto blue jays Mm -hmm. have had a lot of looks over the year some of them sort of riffs on a theme but you know they had that sort of one departure with the 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 black uniforms and the you know the really different logo do you have a favorite is there a favorite uh blue jays logo I think what they have now is probably their best look. Uh, and, you know, going back to the, the split style fonts of the uh, 70s and 80s and really refining that and, you know, making it more modern, making it, I, I, you know, I don't know if I like the serifs on the current font. I feel like maybe that's just a step too far. But, you know, doing a powdered blue version of the regular uniform, for mm-hmm. example, rather than doing a pullover, rather than doing a straight throwback, mm-hmm. let's do a powder blue, modern powder blue version Mm-hmm. So that it actually matches with the rest of the set. I could do without the red and white uniform. Not my thing. I'm not yeah. into the the uh, Go Canada Go. I'm more of a you know this is the Blue Jays. This is Toronto. Let's make right. a Toronto Blue Jays uniform. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I I do love what they're doing right now. 
Uh, I'm, we mentioned earlier the City Connect. I'm terrified of what they're going to do with City Connect. Uh, <laughs> but uh, everyone out there, remember that City Connect uniforms are temporary. Yeah. They will only be around for three to four seasons. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? After that, it'll be probably three or four City Connect uniforms per year for every right. team. Right, 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 <laughs> and, right, right. And adds on the patches next on the sleeves next year. Let's not forget that. That's been a big thing, huh? That's yeah. The other, uh, you know, it's funny when you talk about the City Connect being temporary. I mean, we had the Players Weekend uniforms, yeah. you know, for so many years in a row, and some of those were again, some of those were good, some of those were bad. They were a little bit, you know, we talked about the color rush. It was a little bit more like the the team's brand, but more so in in mm-hmm. some ways. Um, so, version one of the version one of Players Weekend, anyways. Yes, right. Two, when it was just everyone's going to wear straight white or straight black. Oh, yeah, that was wild. That's I, I sort of blocked that one out. <laughs> I, sort of, <laughs> was, I sort of forgot about that for so sure. Traumatic. And the reason behind it was, again, I like these ideas on paper, but in execution. They, and that the idea behind the all-black, all-white uniforms were we're going to encourage players to wear individual colorful uh, batting gloves or mm-hmm. fielding gloves or shoes uh, or, you know, under sleeves and stuff. So they can show their personality, yeah, and there it's not going to be distracting from the uh, the team colors in any yeah. way. But yeah. no, <laughs> <laughs> Yankees the first Yankees Dodgers game and how long and both teams were wearing that was I do remember that now I remember that actually thinking okay here come these classic brands and like oh no never mind what I always think about uh, is like imagine you know a kid going to their first game in person. Right. Right. And, you know, they've spent all year watching or, you know, several years watching the, the games on TV. You know, they associate with yeah. those uniforms, right? Mm-hmm. Like they want to see those uniforms in person. And then you take them yeah. to a game, their first game ever. They're so excited. And this isn't my team. This isn't, you know, they, there's no affection for it. Dude. So I, I, I always think about those and and also cross my fingers and hope that nobody set some sort of major league record while wearing one of them. <laughs> like the Nolan Arenado cycle when he was wearing the father's day. Uniform, right. Right? Like... Derek, Derek Jeter, right. He didn't Derek Jeter get a, a record. Yep. Yeah. The thing that, that sort of bugs me about this too, is like, you know, you mentioned the Red Sox with their, their yellow and blue Boston mm-hmm. marathon themed city connect uniforms. And they sell the merchandise and people show up for these games, wearing the merchandise, the Rockies yep. game that I went to and where they were playing in their city connect uniforms. There's, you know, a lot of people walking around in the stands wearing these. And it's, you know, I mentioned the the feeling at the Mariners game, like watching this sort of sea of, of Mariners colors and really feeling like, man, what a strong like brand they have to see these wildly disparate looks in the stands yeah. is, is really sort of jarring to me in a way. I remember being in 2009. The Phillies were playing the Rockies in the National League Division Series, and uh, I went there all like Philly stuff, right? Like, so it's mostly like purple and black, and I'm there wearing all my Philly stuff. It was the the game. The Phillies won four three. Ryan Howard had a two run double in the ninth inning with two outs. You know, come nice. from behind win, really dramatic. Yeah, not that I committed any of this to memory, right? But. But I remember like thinking like, okay, there's not that many Phillies fans. And, you know, when you're in a, uh, you know, hostile place and and you see someone else wearing, you know, your team's gear, you give them a little wink, a little like, hey, how's it going? So for most of the game, there was this guy sort of a section over and, you know, a couple rows down and he had a red hat on. And I'm thinking like, I'm going to, you know, like after this game, I'm going to, I'm going to give that guy a little fist bump here and just say, hey, go Phils. And he turns around. And he's wearing a Rockies Fourth of July cap, Ooh. a red Rockies Fourth of July cap. And I just thought, 
it's just so stupid. <laughs> it's just, it sort of like annoyed me, even though the Phillies had actually just won the series. I was like, that's just like the dumbest thing. Who wears a red Rockies cap to a Phillies Rockies baseball game? So but in his defense, that was a genuine Rockies cap. He right? was wearing an on-field Rockies cap. Absolutely. And, and that's, <laughs> hey, that's a great example of why these teams should stick to their own color schemes. They really should. <laughs> they really should. There's something to be said for brand equity, right? So Absolutely. Chris, I've kept you way longer than I meant to, but I wanted to give my listeners the chance to 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 get to know you, a, a celebrity, one of the founding members of the the online baseball logo enthusiast community. You know, you've done so much for this this crowd. So, in deference to uh, fellow podcast host Ed Rivera, who does this at the end of every podcast that he hosts, he hosts the Dad Hat Chronicles. I know it's a great name, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, he he asks some some rapid fire questions. He asks he calls them Ed's famous not so famous questions. I'm, Ed, I apologize, I'm getting that wrong. But he's got some questions just to sort of get to know his guests, and so I want to borrow this from Ed and ask you some questions just to just to get to know you a little bit for our fans here. So, well, question you, one is: Are you a celebrity? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I don't think you get to determine whether you're a celebrity or not. All right, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Yes or no? Pineapple on pizza? No. My no wife says yes, though. I'm very alone in this family. It is a divided household. All right. Burritos or tacos? I'd say burritos. Okay. Yeah. Tacos um, are good, though. I, I think it's a good to... answer. I think it's a good answer. And Ed, Ed would appreciate it. Ed, Ed always says yes whenever someone says burritos. So he would appreciate that. All right. We, you know, in minor league baseball, we anthropomorphize a lot, right? If you, if you were to, to give human characteristics to any animal, what do you think the rudest animal would be? Say a platypus. Platypus would be rude. Just, just from, <laughs> just from pure, you know, identity confusion, right? Like, am I a well, mammal? Am I a reptile? If, I'm if, you've ever, over here. if you ever run into a beaver in the wild, they can be quite obnoxious. Okay. And then I throw in the fact that it's quacking at you. I don't know. A, a platypus is like a super beaver almost. I get it. All right. That's a great now, answer to the question. Now it's eight feet tall and that's a little different. <laughs> it's now this now this sounds like one of the Marvel mashups here. He, Marvel's <laughs> listening and we're going to have a... We're going to be rich. TM, 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 TM. Okay. What's your go-to concession at the ballpark? I always get a hot dog and okay. just catch up on it. I know that's a lot of people from Chicago are screaming at their podcast devices right now, but yeah, I'm sorry. Catch up on a hot dog and that's it. And then a, a nice, a nice tall, cool Budweiser, as Harry Carey would say. <laughs> Very nice. Is there? Uh, I know that like every Canadian rolls their eyes whenever an American mentions poutine, right? Which I have already done on this episode. Is there a a go to concession in Toronto that is uniquely Canadian? Oh, that's a good one. Um, uniquely Canadian. I can you even get poutine in Toronto? You have to be able to, right? You would think, right? This is. My wife is screaming cauliflower at me, but I, I'm going to disagree with her. I don't think that <laughs> I don't. Oh, she's right. There's a cauliflower poutine in Toronto. The best. Okay. I don't know if you can hear this. Leading I do. Up. I do. I hear Kristen in the background there. Absolutely. So, Hello, Kristen. <laughs> Hello. I could not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so is that at the ballpark or is that just sort of in general that you can get cauliflower? Yeah, it's at the poutine? ballpark. You can. Yeah, you can get it's It's a, a deep fried cauliflower and they put the gravy and the cheese curds on it. Oh my and gosh. It's a little spicy. I think they put the buffalo chicken sauce on it or something, but it's uh wow. It's it's tasty. It's it you know, it doesn't sound good, but uh yeah, I'll See, eat it. I mean, if it's got gravy and cheese curds on it, it's going to be good, right? Like it doesn't I mean, matter what it is. Yeah. 
<laughs> do you have like a, a go-to thing that you like to put on poutine besides the gravy and the cheese curds? There's, uh, yeah, the, the places around here, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause you can't just get away with plain poutine now, right? Like right. we've seen it, we've done it. Um, yeah. uh, there's one place here that puts uh, pulled pork on the poutine. And I really oh. like that. It's a good combination, but you also get like, uh, like bacon or maple syrup or, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's or uh, there's pizza poutine too, where you can we have we have poutine pizza and we have pizza poutine. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put those side by side. Actually, I want to have both of those things at the same time. I was just talking to my mom about this the other day about how there was a, a poutine pizza and I had the option to order it. And when I found out that instead of pizza sauce, it was gravy, I was like, I don't know that that sounds a little that sounds like too much gravy. Okay. Instead yeah. of pizza sauce, too much gravy is I don't know if that's a thing, right? Uh, okay, last one. Yep. If you could be a character in any baseball movie, who would you want to be? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, well, I mean, my instinct was uh, uh, from the natural, but he gets shot, and that doesn't he sound. He gets good. shot. Like, yeah. How about anybody from Major League Baseball, like the Major League movie? Yeah, Charlie Sheen. That sound that would be a fun group to be around. Yeah. Um, Henry Rowan Gardner from the Chicago Cubs. Because then I'd still have another 30, 40 years ahead of me in Rookie of the Year. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've actually thought about this question too. I think I might go with Nuke Lelouch, who is kind of an idiot, but, you know, gets promoted right out of single A Durham in the movie all the way up to the Atlanta Braves, right? So that's, uh, you know, and he's got his whole life ahead of him to, you know, to do it. Fair enough. Go be a knucklehead. So I've thought about this. I I think about these questions myself too. Which, Which player gets a huge signing bonus? I think Nuke Lelouch has to, right? Don't you think? Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to be Crash Davis. No, that's right. Because that was my instinct, which was just like, oh, Crash Davis. And then like, no, no, no. Because then he's driving to Asheville at the end of the movie, <laughs> hoping to like extend his career. So yeah, so not Crash Davis. Chris, this has been a lot of fun. I definitely kept you longer than I thought I was going to. I hope that you'll be around uh, for episode 100 to, to revisit uh, sure. all of our all of our fun, fun stories. Thanks again for uh, again for all that you do for logo fans and sports fans and for uh, giving me the break that I got to, to come write for sportslogos.net. It's a thrill for me. Oh, Paul, it's been a pleasure having you on board. Uh, I, I love your articles. I love your story. I love your book that you put out, and it's featured on my bookshelf prominently in my, my living room there. So I'm thanks honest. for everything you do and everything you've done, and uh, thank you for bringing awareness to Ice Cream Helmet Sundays. <laughs> I've got about 430 of them back there now. The collections. You, you uh, do a traveling show is what you should do. I really should. And I, the funny thing is I was actually going to be in Arizona this weekend and had to had to cancel because uh, Amy got sick, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I do my Helmet Sunday playoff bracket, which you graciously Thanks. retweet. I appreciate that. And so I was actually bringing my helmets with me so that I could recreate the the playoff bracket at Amy's place. So then I didn't have to because she got sick. But yeah, the the... The hel- the playoff the helmet Sunday playoff bracket's a lot of fun and it always incorporates logos, the playoff logos from sportslogos.net. And I always want to acknowledge that because I know that everyone goes to your site and downloads all the logos that they want to use because it's a logo encyclopedia. You know, I don't that- think I'm gonna be retweeting now though, because the Blue Jays helmet's upside down. I don't like I understand. That. I understand. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect you to, to anymore. I wouldn't either if it were the Phillies, right? Like, so I'm kind of wondering, like if the Phillies don't win the world series at some point, I'm going to have to flip the Phillies helmet and it's sort of like, right. uh, yeah, no, I, that doesn't feel good, but this is the first time since I started doing it, that the Phillies are actually in the playoffs. So that's you know the flip side of that going. So Chris, thank you so much. This has been fun. Look forward to talking to you again for episode hundred. Absolutely. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Chris. <laughs>